the <laughs> it's the another episode of a podcast. It's Cape Crisis. Crisis. Oh, I should I, in every time. I yeah, you know that this should have been what we did all previous. We're learning. Episodes. We're learning. It's, it's been yeah. You are right. We just had to squander two complete days. Oof, boy. Yeah, that's how much we've recorded. At least, mm-hmm. at least. Hey, I'm your host Henry Gilbert. H e n e r e y g on Twitter. That's my Twitter now. And uh, I'm here with Christopher Chris Antista. That's right, K Antista on Twitter. Rawr. And it's just the two of us this week, but that's all you need. That's all you need, baby. Uh-huh. We're going to do all right. We're going to double team you. I don't know. I'm, in, I'm totally in a mood to podcast, um, even though I can't mm. talk about video games. I podcasted far too much last week. Oh, I shut was, it. I was no over... Nowhere near as much as me. Uh, <laughs> well, you live this life. You, you, <laughs> you installed a podcast uh, equipment in your in your. Home. That's right. We can never have a nice home cooked meal because our no. kitchen table uh, is riddled with an amp. How many home cooked meals did you make? Before? That's not the point. It's not the point. I used to make a uh, biscotti. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And chili. Chris's seventeen alarm chili. <laughs> and that was it. And those days are over. No, I just it's I don't know who's got the time? <laughs> who's got the time? My, my the, the day I used to go shopping for food, mm-hmm. we now usually record laser time. <laughs> you know, I have done grocery shopping, but the past three days I didn't want to do my dishes, and so I've just uh, mm. I've just been eating packaged goods out of out of their wrappers. <laughs> What's that? Like those weird aluminum Campbell soup things? Um, that- well, like I I uh, I bought a package of fruit. From uh, Walgreens, I walked by, but then I also bought a sandwich from there, and then I uh, bought uh, a 16 pack of um, fruit roll-ups, gushers, <laughs> and fruit by the foot. All Costco? my favorites. No, no, I don't. Go- I have a Costco membership that I could use, but Me I too. can't get without Thank a you, car. You can't do it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Like you can't do Costco without a car. I need to at least just get somebody with a car to drive me to Costco once every six months. You and... seem like the kind of guy because we can smell our own <laughs> who would thrive off like a Costco gross palette of Lunchables. Well, the problem is, oh, not Lunchables. I would never the biggest Lunchables fan. Oh, but, I like, do Lunchables all day. When when I used to when I would buy stuff in bulk, like from Sam's Club mm-hmm. or Costco. It would like I'd be oh I'll get all these packages of Chips Ahoy I'm not going to eat them oh, all at once. That, yeah. I, there was it's a period all in front of me where I, I I convinced myself that gummy bears were healthy, <laughs> and I would buy five pounds of them from Costco, mm-hmm. and that would be like my dinner on some occasions. Oh man, I also remember buying like a giant bag of crispy M&M's. I miss crispy <laughs> M&M's so much. They were the ones with the waffles in the middle. Yeah, they basically had a rice crispy in it. Uh, but. Also, they would uh, they would sell like twenty four packs of croissants, like just big Ugh. oily croissants. I'd eat them. <laughs> I mean, that isn't I'd, in keeping them alive. And I'd make my own. Uh, I'd make my own croissant sandwiches at home. Really, with eggs? Now. Yeah, I would. I would fry up eggs nice. and microwave bacon, and then put a slice of craft uh, single in there, and I'd uh, go to town. Ooh. I, I need I need to figure get some handbook on how to live just off eggs. I there's like I know no, you love it. I'm there's not no the, way I'm tired of eggs. It never happens. I get tired of eggs. I love eggs. Way. I like eggs in stuff, but like scrambled eggs, like more than two scrambled eggs, that's not for me. Oh, Meanwhile, dude, I, like four, I can use. I can easily eat four. Uh, though I had read that McDonald's is contemplating an all day breakfast menu. Oh, thank God! That would be the greatest thing. The greatest ever. worst thing that happened to humanity. Yeah. They should because like that's the only thing like I. Mm. actually crave from them anymore all yeah. you have to do is have one like go to one non-tgi friday's good slightly pricey burger joint and uh-huh. what they're serving you at mcdonald's is filth 
it's, it's nothing. It's like, horrible. It's yeah. yes. It's all bread. like Burger King burgers aren't great, but better than McDonald's. They are meat. Yes, they are. They have meat in them. <laughs> they, they contain meat, and the taste of meat. Yeah. Well, and I hear coming up an entire blooming onion on top of it. What? Yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, they better do it. I'm, I'm. I mean, haven't they noticed all the sales they're losing from? Stone people who like show up at eleven and want a McGriddle. That's what can't get it. I don't like about the cities because like New York's the city that never sleeps and everything's open all the time. Like our fucking transit closes down, goes to the bed yep. at the same time my parents do, and there's nothing to eat after uh, eleven o'clock. What the fuck, San Francisco? It's a, book, San Francisco wants to be a small town in a big town. Yeah, small town true. mentality, big town size. I appreciate it when I want to. Uh-huh. You like it when it's brunch time? Yeah, oh god, when it's brunch time. Well, that also that shows you it's a very gay town. That brunch is very important. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of amazing gay brunch places. I tend to get mad when they stop. You stop serving brunch at 2.30? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> comic books? Yeah, comic books. Comic right. books. Oh, well, alright. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk too much about non-comic book things, especially like Zach Braff. And commenters are going to get mad at me. Did people get mad? Some commenters did. They're like, why are you talking about Zach Braff? It's a comic book show. Others are like, come on, if Zach Braff wants to do his thing. I'll tell you why. Because after 50, 50 episodes, 52 mm-hmm. episodes... 50 episodes, yeah. you're officially a fixture in the comics universe. Mm. The show's about you now. Talk That's about right. what you want. Yeah, this is my it's like show. Like if Daredevil wanted to take a moment to talk about uh, Scrubs, <laughs> yes, he could, and you wouldn't complain. Uh-huh. Except uh, you probably would. And Michael Bendis right now probably wants to kick me in the face for me assuming that no one ever complains to him. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> uh, all right, so comic books, read novel. Did we? Yes. Uh, Did so, we ever? So I'll get us the uh, get us started. So uh, Invincible. Volume hardcover volume eight, which mm-hmm. go, takes you from issue eighty five to ninety six. I read really, so, so I'm up to there. I'm not at one hundred. I know what happens in one hundred, but uh, not up to it. When's he going to get his powers back, though? That's uh... um eventually. Also, in that book, there's been a real I. So I love what I love about Invincible is like explain Invincible a little bit to people. Invincible who don't know. is a uh, superhero book. I think it started out as like a pretty. Straightforward superhero. No, book. I would think it, it. Well, it might have started. I thought it, it, the first twenty issues are like a, a parody of. Um, no, no. I'd say the first five issues are mm-hmm. kind of a parody of like, or a realer take on being a superhero. Like, there's a bit of there's that. a really. I love the bit where a character says like, uh, this guy, this guy, the main character's Mark Invincible, mm-hmm. who's basically he has the powers of Superman, or mm-hmm. at least he can fly. He's super tough and he's super strong. Yes, uh, and like he had been flying around friends of his, uh, like a girlfriend, mm-hmm. but then his best male friend was like, "Dude, come on, fly, fly me around. I want to fly." <laughs> yes, and then he grabs him and he picks him up to fly, and he's like, "This is so gay." He says, "Which." It's not, you know, that, maybe that's not the best sentiment. Was, but it well, was, that was a little funny. bit of, that was, was technically foreshadowing. Moment. I don't. It was also foreshadowing for that character. I don't know if it was intentionally. Oh, it's, foreshadowing. and it's written by Robert Kirkman of Walking Dead fame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's super by, it was important. his book before Walking Dead. I, mm-hmm. Well, they no, might have no. started it. Yeah, okay. Actually, Invincible came a little after Walking Dead. I don't think so. I, oh man, I cannot. That, well, that. no, they hit. They hit. Just look at the numbers. Yes, Jill and Henry. Walking Dead hit one hundred about. Seven or eight months before Invincible, mm-hmm. so 
ergo Walking Dead was first. To me, it feels like Invincible has been delayed as shit lately. Because I remember talking about the 100th issue like months ago, and Uh, 102 just came out. Maybe Invincible was first then. Uh, Anyway. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, the book is... They don't even do like... Every... Each issue goes into the next issue. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not... There's never any five-part storylines or whatever. It's just no, I think the, the slowly growing world. The volumes you get, they come in storylines that they make up way, Kinda, well after yeah. the fact. Yeah. I know Kirkman even lists it like, ah, I decided to call this the Tie the Pines. Cause yeah, yeah, that's true. That's what we collected. And, and it's just it's so cool to watch the characters grow and change as, as time goes on. And the... Uh, what was my, be- my favorite part it's, of this? It slowly feels like the... It, it, I can't back this up. The most honest comic book because mm. just everything that happens is very natural and like it seems to to introduce yeah, very, character uh, the characters explain themselves very well like they look, do I wouldn't do this if I didn't know this they like, do there's a lot of talking yeah yeah and I love it it's one of my favorite comics period but and when the action starts like it can get gruesome oh like, it's fucking incredible yeah. there's there's People, so much violence in this comic and mm. to me it's still drawn like slightly cartoony. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I, and I love that about it. It's that's why I think makes it one of the most original things things out mm. right now. I also like that the. Uh, uh, well, here's a problem I've been having with this issue, though. The most recent one is like, there's been a real power creep mm-hmm. of characters. Like, mm-hmm. so they introduce like uh, Invincible's dad is Omni Man, basic the Superman of his universe. Superman, but if Superman were sent on a secret mission, well, to uh, his... yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but, sorry. But the, but the point is. Omni Man was the pinnacle of power, mm-hmm. but then they introduce other members of his Kryptonian yes. race who are way who are who actually as powerful as yeah they do all some sort of facial hair. Mm-hmm. They're at least as powerful as him, if not more powerful. Mm-hmm. Then there's Alan the Alien, who mm-hmm. I love, and they bumped up his power level to be strong and his political power. And they introduced Dinosaurus, Dinosaurus. Who, who is supposed to be super strong, but I love the part where like, he's he's strong enough to hold his own with any Earth-level superhero. He actually mm. fought Invincible to a standstill. But when he tries to fight the lead Viltrumite, yeah. like he he scratches him with his claws, and his claws rip Break. off his yeah. hand. Yeah, like, that's a great... Oh, man, I think I have a picture of that somewhere. Yeah, I love that moment. It's so, And Dinosaurus is just cool. He's like... I turn. I'm a dude who turns into a dinosaur. <laughs> when he hul- when he hulks, he's like a totally dumb stoner guy uh-huh. who hulks out into this dinosaur that's super strong, but also incredibly smart and utilitarian. And he and only hulks out when he's bored. Like, when, he, when he's when he's bored, and when it the becomes kid's bored, he becomes like, dinosaur. I'm bored. You know, instead of being Las Vegas, we can turn that into a sheet of glass that generates electricity, and I don't care who I kill to do it. Yeah. It would become a sheet of glass that you can then set up solar panels on yes. to collect electricity. <laughs> it's such like that's just such a crazy world that it's grown mm-hmm. into. Like from it started as just almost a parody of just the Marvel universe or the DC. I think universe. it's still very much. It is playing. If you have a deep knowledge of comics, it'll be really funny for you because they mm-hmm. act much more naturally. And I I think there's something brutally honest about it. Yeah. It doesn't revolve around stunts. Well, and or the arcs. Whole... It's it it loves disapp- like disappointing you by at least surprising you. Yeah. Well, and the thing they just like I'm not going to spoil it here, mm-hmm. but the the I just read what really happened to Robot Boy and uh, mm-hmm. Monster Girl. Mm-hmm. Like wow, like, that, it's interesting. That, yeah, that was uh, it was nuts. I love I love that character by the way, Ro- uh, Robot. Robot Boy. Yeah, he's he's so funnily disinterested, but uh, but he cares about people. He's not a monster. You get introduced he's... to him and he, they don't tell you anything about him. Like he's, he's a robot. His name is Robot. 
Yeah. It's like just keep reading, man. It's great. It's great. Two so, two major things happen in the recent, the most recent issue. And they don't. They're not like. They're not like uh, I, I won't spoil them at all. <coughs> but they're not like crazy thing like this. This changes the series forever. I don't know, but like two really major things all happen right. in well, one hundred two. I do know that. Uh, so it is in a mega collection, mm-hmm. like. Uh, the first 48 issue. It's all in color, by mm-hmm. the way. It's not a black and white series like Walking in Dead. Color. And so you should totally buy that through Amazon. I'm like, For real. like I can't recommend Invincible enough. I love book. it so much. Uh, did you read anything? I have other stuff Invincible to talk about. Invincible 102. Okay. Um, for some reason... Oh, no, I do know why. Because I love, love Wolverine and the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And Such they, a funny book. And they discounted a bunch of stuff up until a certain point, And then it's literally like two years back, mm-hmm. four ninety nine. A piece. I would for think a, a good cutoff point would be Avengers versus X Men. That's. Bet. I guess yeah. that's. I think that's what it was because then I just checked the other day, and seventeen issues became one ninety nine. That's of, good. And I just went back. I went on a tear through all of those. And mm-hmm. man, one of you guys. I think it was Boxing Marco. If you're listening, you totally spoiled something for me. Even though I hope this character comes back. I had mentioned oh, them in whoa, a previous wait show. A as being one of my favorite characters. Oh, you read a lot farther than that than I thought. Yeah, did yeah. I? Well, I just read. Well, that's up to AVX. If you're talking about, it's it's it is. I think it's at the end of AVX. Right. Mm-hmm. Did this happen in a church? <sighs> yes. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's actually the last collection I read. Oh, I wanted to come back so. Much. I yeah, I bet he will. <laughs> He's so cool. He really was. That seemed like Jason Aaron likes to take characters away from you. Yeah, but so does Joss Whedon, and then he never brings them back. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes he brings them back. When didn't Angel die and he brought him back? <laughs> yes, I think you're right. Actually, well, because and, he had his own show brewing. Uh, that's true. The do, power do, of the spinoff. Do, do you know all of Angel? Did you watch Angel? Nah, I mean, I've, I know it from the periphery. Like, I love Buffy, and everybody's like, "You will love Angel even more." And that's what I heard about it about the first. I, I thought I gave it at least ten episodes, and it didn't grab me. I have four seasons sitting on my shelf unopened. What I heard about the fifth season of Angel is that it was mm-hmm. some people called it the best Joss yes, Whedon TV show the, ever, the best finale to anything ever. When why, someone spends a whole season wrapping up its story, yeah. Why in that he and then it's partially the reason for that was all the Firefly writers got fired mm-hmm. when they closed Firefly. They're like, well, fine, fucking come to Angel and write your story. And it's I think like, they put, like, Firefly characters in there. Yeah, the actors. Adam Baldwin, yeah, the, the actors, sorry. The Nathan Fillion. Well, he, actually, no, he, all, no, no. He went to Buffy. That's right, he was a Buffy guy. But yeah, I'd heard that about Angel. The, did you know that in the Buffy comics she turns gay for, like, a storyline? Yeah. I can't, I mean, it sort of disappoints me. Like, you made a major character gay. Mm-hmm. Well, and that really, was super interesting at the time. Really, like, that she was crazy. Just is bisexual for uh, uh, Willow? No, 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 oh, no. Well. no, no. Well, that's actually that was something that kind of, always kind of bugged me with their characterization of Willow. Like, I thought she was like she seemed to be interested in both genders, but once she gets with Tara, mm-hmm. she's just like, "Nah, I'm a lesbian now. Just like totally, I'm done." With but dudes. I also like, I, I thought she liked us. Make sure you put a timestamp on that. Uh-huh. Of course, she probably, of course, she definitely liked us. Yeah, and she and, had a crush on Xander, which I thought was for real. But it's more that like that was outrageous to do. On yeah, a, it definitely on a, was on the WB yes. at that time to make a what what is she was not a teenager at the time, but like. What is a kid, a teenager she was like show? Nineteen. No, they were. They, I think they had abandoned college at that point. Oh, but, okay. uh, they, I thought she got with Tara in college. Maybe, maybe with the prop. Maybe not even a teenager. Who knows? Allegan, Allison, Allegan Hannison <laughs> is timeless. Uh, what was that? Uh, I love. 
in the in the one where I I haven't religiously watched Buffy, but I watched one episode where where it was uh, like they were about to come out to all their mm-hmm. friends, and then Buffy was being mind controlled for some reason, and like she. The person mind-controlling Buffy knew that they were together. Mm-hmm. And then she said, oh, Willow's not driving stick anymore, huh? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, what a funny way to put that. Uh, also, speaking of, you know, a quick news thing. Hmm. Did you know that in Archie Comics... No! August 7th, there's going to be the first the ever man-on-man kiss. In Kevin Keller. Kevin nice. Keller's going to get to kiss his boyfriend finally. Okay. Though, really, if I mean, it's on the cover. Like, that's the image. Like, okay, we saw the kiss. Like... They don't know how they advertise. But didn't we have a whole episode about like uh, misleading cover kisses? Uh, That's true. Yeah, that's true. What if he doesn't kiss his lips? (laughs) (laughs) Superman and Wonder Woman did kiss in that issue, though. But did they tongue the bung? Only Kevin Keller can do that. (laughs) Jesus Christ! Sorry, I didn't Uh, mean to bring this show down. All right, but can they tongue the bung? So I also read. I bought it a few a couple months ago, but it was. the newest League of Extraordinary Gentlemen book, which mm. is a what year? It's really an interquel or whatever. It's oh. uh, it it takes place betwixt 1910 and the mm-hmm. uh, the 60s one, mm-hmm. and it uh, stars uh, Nemo's daughter. And it's just her adventures. It's none of the other League characters, but it's her adventures on the Nautilus. She goes to Antarctica to like try to do something her father never could. I will go to Antarctica and do something you never could. <laughs> No, that you Little you James know the Mason. League of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen's uh, Nemo is very Indian. Like he is, he's, he would not sound like James. I Mason. would never go to Antarctica and disturb the environment where That's I follow the, sounds like. the Prime Directive. <laughs> the Prime I am directive. Captain Nemo. I do wish I had been on that Star Trek episode. I didn't Asshole. realize you guys were doing a Star Trek one. You had to go and pretend and cut your foot? I did cut my foot. I don't believe you. I broke my favorite class. Do you know what my favorite class was? Uh, it involves comic books. Charlie Brown? No, comic you books. told me you told me this a long time ago. You got uh, those cool... Those pint glasses from yeah. Tuna Tumblers. Yes. And they, sell, they still sell a lot of great stuff, but their stuff goes out of print. Mm-hmm. As I found out after I broke <laughs> my favorite one, which is... The my second favorite one is an awesome Doctor Doom one. That's like this classic mm-hmm. uh, Jack Kirby Doctor Doom drawing. But my number one one was a Yuletide greetings from the Marvel friends, and it was mm. a '70s Marvel poster of like all the Marvel superheroes on a sleigh. A, a picture from like Santa one of the Claus. annuals. Yeah, it was such a funny picture, and mm. and then it just like slipped from my right. fingers, crack, poop. I'm still finding with my feet uh-huh. uh, little shards of glass that so I did not get. Missing the regular wrestling pay per view. Yeah, I, yeah. It was, was a good plug for Cheap Podcast. No, no, it wasn't. But luckily, Cheap Podcast was recorded before that happened. Oh, good, good. And uh, no, it was not good. Oh, but yeah, so the Nemo book is interesting. I'm only halfway through it. My favorite character that's included in this one, because it's one of the few I recognize, I'm not recognizing many of the characters in it, but is Charles Foster Kane. He's one of the Charles major Charles Foster Kane. Yes. Xanadu. Xanadu. <laughs> Fucking love. Oh, why Citizen Kane kids? <laughs> I thought it'd be fun to run a newspaper. Oh, fun <laughs> to run a newspaper. <laughs> why, this rate I'll go broke in 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. Oh, so I, what a great fucking show this is to be. 
Fuck everybody who thinks otherwise. Who else is trading Citizen Kane lines? Uh, I love it. I, uh, it, I, it makes me sad when I meet people I haven't seen Citizen Kane where it's like, ah, I know, I heard it's the best movie ever. Who it's, cares? Like, I know it's probably on. one of those things like, man, you gotta listen to Beatles The White Album. I, like, do I really? Yeah. Do I have to watch The Wire all five seasons? But like, it, Citizen Kane is like, it's... I watch a ton of old movies. I love watching old movies. I have to be in a certain mindset because Humphrey Bogart will walk into frame and that frame won't switch for 19 <laughs> minutes. And it's yeah. a little it's a, it's definitely jarring to watch, but like Citizen Kane is fucking everywhere. The yeah. pacing and editing. That's also what I tell people like you need to like you have to see how shitty good movies were back then yeah. to see how like they were breaking every single fucking yeah. rule with that movie. Like it's it's pretty breathless. Like when yeah. I, I watched something like the, like The Watchmen, which was you know originally thought in some respect to be unfilmable, uh-huh. and you see it and how they jump around and like, and then I remember right after that I watched Citizen Kane and like look how fucking crazy this yeah. movie plays with time when like almost all movies back then were like flash forwards to 20 years or like very linear stories yeah. taking place over like two nights or just like that open not opening but one of the early shots when. It's him playing outside with the snowman. Yes. Camera keeps pulling back into his yes. into his home, and you see his parents and and the rich guy, mm-hmm. and you'll still see him in the background yeah. clearly playing. Like you never see a shot like Called that. that deep focus in the industry, uh, yeah. and, and just deep seeing focus. the ceilings or characters mm-hmm. reflected in windows. Yeah, like, it, and talking over deal. people because you usually see like fucking very actory theatrical things in old movies like mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell on you you see you are well, I, but like people like having an argument where like they're arguing you can't understand every piece of dialogue was not done when things were hard to mic yeah and it it happens in Citizen Kane super and, cool and then you see like character like the, the newspaper men mm-hmm. who are just really supposed to they're, they're they're gods watching the whole thing they're not not supposed to be characters. Mm-hmm. You see how they're lit. You never see their faces. Well, uh, they're it's just supposed to be anonymous. Technically, is the narrator of the film? Yeah, that. But the. So but, it's your first film school question: Is what perspective is Citizen Kane told, told to you at? Mm-hmm. And it is the newspaper guys because you hear the whole movie's told from everybody else's perspective mm-hmm. via the newspaper guy. It's it's film one hundred and one, but I just like, think that's super cool. Well, I remember I remember it sort of blowing my mind when I was a teenager. Yeah. So yeah, go watch, mm-hmm. watch this again, and then after you've watched it, read the listen read, to no listen to Roger Ebert's comic. Oh, he does have a Roger commentary. Ebert's commentary is really good too. Yeah. Uh, all right, other comic books. Uh, so yeah, Nemo. Uh, the Nemo book's great, uh, and then I got the New Warriors uh, omnibus. Mm-hmm. I read through that. It's really. It's classic, fun book. My favorite. Did I hear they were introducing the new war? Reintroducing the new warriors? That's a rumor. I haven't heard. It's. I don't think it's happened just yet. But I think they are starting to recognize that. Like, there are '90s fans, fans from the '90s who would like a new New Warriors. Well, book. I mean, I think every other char- cornball character from the '70s, '80s, and even '60s at this point got a chance to be reborn mm-hmm. in modern storytelling. And it's it's strange that we're becoming of that age where characters yes. like that are fucking due. They're due. They're, it's their turnaround on the merry It's the weirdest yeah. thing in the world to think about, but you know what? Like shit, like the Power Rangers <laughs> is due for its respectable story now. It's respectable yeah. retelling and comic. It, like it's postmodern it's totally take. Yes. Well, the New Warriors, uh, the book I got was really funny. Uh, it uh, so it had every it had the first twenty five issues of the book that I had read to that point, but it also had. Their uh, two crossover issues with Thor and their crossover issues with X Force, which I didn't even know existed. 
And then on top of that, they have uh, the first two annuals, which includes a short story, one of the first, I think, published stories in Marvel by Dan Slott, mm-hmm. which is, it's such oh, a wow, funny... Really? Yeah, it's and to read it now. He cut knowing, his teeth in the New Warriors. Hmm? He cut his teeth. Yeah, in the yeah. Warriors. In well, back in the old days, annuals would just have filler stories in the back. Like you have the twenty pages at the start, and then you need twenty more pages. Mm-hmm. So they put in little shorts, and yes. that's DC that's still when, does such a thing. Yeah, and that one. Well, it's it's a, really unnerving as much Marvel as I read. Well, at least back in those days with the annuals, it was a good way to get the to let uh, new writers and artists practice. So. In this one, Dan Slott got to do a little story that, and you, and now knowing him, like you know what his favorite characters are. It's so funny. So it starts out with Speedball, and he, uh, like he's gonna go out on the town, and uh, but for Speedball to turn on his powers, Speedball's most famous for um, mixing killing, cocaine, killing and, John Belushi. God damn it, Hank! If I joke, a step back, right, I stumbled. Killing John. Yes, Belushi. that's true. At the at uh, the Chateau Marmont. <laughs> But, uh, and one up. Anyway, the uh, so Speedball's power is once he bounces off something, mm-hmm. he then turns on his bouncing power. He switches from regular guy to superhero just by impact. He's like so, he's a living embodiment of Captain America's shield. <laughs> pretty much, sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he jump so he jumps off a building to get the impact. Spider Man saves him because he thinks he's he's suicidal. Yeah. He then walks into traffic. And then Beast saves him. He then walks into like an open manhole cover, but then um, She Hulk saves him. And it's just so funny. Like you see now, like Dan Slott was like, "I want to write these characters. I'll do them for one page in this joke story, and then I can finally say I wrote Spider Man and She Hulk <laughs> and, and all that stuff." It was, and then his dreams came true. Fifteen years later, he finally got to be the main writer on Spider Man. They're just. See, she read She Hulk and something interesting. I don't know. She's um, been in Age of Ultron. Yes. It, well, yeah. No, that wasn't. She it. had a pretty ignoble death there. That wasn't it. Though uh, she was. She was I like. Old. I like that she pointed out in. I liked her scene in Age of Ultron where she's mm-hmm. like, "No, I'm stronger than you, Luke Cage." Mm-hmm. She's like, "No, you're not." But that was actually one of my favorite lines. Like, I, I should be the one hitting you, not the plan. <laughs> not the plan. Uh, let's see. I think that's it. I downloaded. Superior Spider-Man 10 today, but I have not read it yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, have you? Um, actually, sort it's of wanted to talk to about this. the world-breaking number nine. I was super late. Like we had a big meeting at work, and I have to get on. I have to get on a train and ride a very long time to get back here and meet up yes, with you. Yes. Otherwise, wait for another hour, hour and a half Ooh. for a train. I have no other option, and then by then we wouldn't be really able to record. No. Uh, so I just had to run out, and I forgot my iPad. And I've been pimping digital comics out the is ass for so long. Yeah, I have left my comics at the office. My oh. com- like I have no comics right well, now. Now your iPad, None. you can't. Oh man, none. And that's like it. I'm usually really good with mm. putting, you know, taking that shit well, with me. Well, you can read. You can go to comicsology.com and read it on your uh, computer later if you're uh, really, if you're desperate. What am I, Rube? I know. <laughs> I, no, I might do that. Maybe I can give them some money straight up and not have to have them kick a 30, 30% over the fucking iTunes. Um, yeah. That could be nice of me. Um, mm-hmm. No, maybe I'll do that. Or maybe I actually I bought Punk Rock Jesus. I haven't heard uh, who wrote that. Um, shit, I forget. Um, but we had a review of it up on our on our site. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it sounded really cool. And it's just uh, somebody goes to the Shroud of Turin, collects DNA, uh-huh. inserts it into a version, and creates a 
the literal incarnation of the Messiah who does not want to be the Messiah, who is literally punk rock Jesus. <laughs> and that sounds literal. just too hilarious to yes. not to not to read a four a four issue D, uh, Vertigo series. Oh, that's a, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so quick news thing. Hmm. Did you see the new Superman trailer? Yes, yes, Steel I trailer. did. Like that was we didn't cr- know, know that trailer was nuts. It was because we didn't really know well, what's the fucking conflict other yeah. than Superman being mopey, <laughs> and now it's very clear that Zod is like, Zod, you, is you keep awesome. hiding this asshole. I'm going to turn this entire planet yeah. over until you give. Him okay, to me. I will kill everybody. Everybody, and like Michael that's, Shannon rules. Mm-hmm. Like finally, I think finally the rest of the world will realize that Michael Shannon is the best. I do like, want to see that. Do you ever see that movie Take Shelter? No, I still need to see really it. I want to. It's, and now Grimm really talked it up. It looks great. It has, yeah. It's a super super indie movie with him and Jessica Chastain where a dude gets like some psychosis where he thinks the end of the world's coming and has to build a bomb shelter mm-hmm. and starts hallucinating end of the world events. Did you know that Michael Shannon is in a very famous 90s comedy? <gasps> what? It stars Bill Murray. Quick change? And it's a very famous one directed by Harold Ramis. Groundhog Day? He's in Groundhog Day. Is he really? WrestleMania! Woo! Really? Yes. I, he's that. He was the groom who gets cold feet uh, in the, in, on Groundhog Day. Uh, <laughs> That's Michael Shannon. <laughs> Not needle nose, nab, nab the head. Uh, yeah, I was dating your sister till you told me not to. <laughs> Sure Come as heck, I remember. I keep trying to like write that in speech. I sure as heck, I remember you, and I can't just figure out how to what? spell heck, I. Uh, I don't know what your plans were today. And I know we talked oh. about this last week, but I've been watching catching up on Arrested Development. Fuck me, yeah, I did too. I watched like seven episodes. I, it's very hard on on if you're watching on. I was watching on PS3 Netflix, the one that like the credits roll goes to the next show and uh-huh. skips past the opening credits. Yeah. So it's like you're watching one giant elongated movie on the next, Arrested Development. Uh, and then that's the intro <laughs> sequence that you see. And I, this is not appropriate on Cape Crisis. It's just a, it's that episode where Wrench, where Rob Corddry is the Charlton it. Heston. His gun, he's like, he pulls out a gun, like, I gotta tell this person. <laughs> and uh, uh, Tobias goes to buy a gun to prove he, his worth to uh, Lindsay. Uh-huh. And he goes to a gun store, and he's like, it turns out they won't sell you a gun without a permit or a waiting list, with the exception of a gun show. We have a gun show going on. And like, there's <laughs> one line, we have a gun show, and it's Kevin from The Office not doing Kevin from The Office, <laughs> saying, we have a gun show. It turns out they had one right in the back room. Oh, that's I remember that. <laughs> And it's that's the Kevin's only line. We have a gun show. Yeah, I just don't think I've ever heard that dude not speak in his, in his Kevin voice. I am so stupid. <laughs> it's human natural. Human. God. That, all right. We were just talking about how that the office finale, finale was, was great. great. It was, it was all really right. Well, I wanted to say a funny arrest development line I had forgotten Please. about. Uh, he, this is from season three, where mm-hmm. uh, near the end of season three, where Job is dating somebody we don't know. But who has a Christian person? And, ah, yes. and then he says uh, she broke up with me because she said I needed to learn the something of my ways, wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Job, you're the living end. Uh, but we brought a spare bowl of candy beans. <laughs> uh, who was that? Sidwell. Who's yeah, Sidwell. Uh, uh, I like Sidwell. Stands up. He's like, "You've got gumption. I want to hire you in my company." Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck 
Uh, oh, then, oh my God! One other from the from the That's six thousand dollars shirt uh, suit yeah. one. Yeah. I, so in walk, in, in walks maybe in, in Michael, and then you just hear him King. say, "King thousand dollars suit, come on, come on." Then three minutes later, he draw. They cut to before that where he says, "Oh, would you like me to take the drinks?" No, I want to spill it on my six thousand dollars shirt. Right. I mean. F- <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're sneaking fucking on the air, and just how fucking, how, how fucking uh, archaic we are with those rules. When he's cursing, uh, never went over the HR. Mouth. You never get to see their mouth. I don't want there to be any fucking or sucking or fisting, even though everyone here is asking for it. <laughs> uh, I also, man, but Good Grief is still my favorite episode. Yeah, that's, that's where I started. Actually, I didn't watch uh, anything before that. Yeah, there's still great episodes before that. It's all great, but the, also Good Grief. I love the line where he said, "Like, look, it's his teeth. You can tell by his glisten." And then <laughs> Lindsay goes, he "Used to swear by." No, he, Job goes, "He swore by that glisten." She says, "Yeah, I remember. He left the cap off my fucking glisten." <laughs> I was just, I was just this is oh, this isn't even interesting but I <laughs> remarking at how, how it's how, almost out it's just, I don't know if Mitch Hurwitz like knew what he like his shit from the beginning uh huh but it's the second season they meet a character called Sitwell uh huh and then they're like someone's buying up all our stock it must be Sitwell what's the company's name or what's the company's name Stand Poor. <laughs> As in the opposite of sitting well Stand. is standing poor. Damn it! Standing oh poor, God. and then and then like actually it turns out it wasn't sit well. It was Lucille too. She stands poor. who has vertigo, and that was introduced like literally a year ago. Yeah, yeah. I, well, you know the the uh, also in the in the suit episode where they destroy mm-hmm. the banana stand. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this until I read a, a, an uh, an article online about just the best or the the gags you never caught in Arrest Development that banana stand is like they say oh it was a prank by the high school kids written on the banana stand is get you Bluth and then you can see if you look closely it says hello it was it was hello slash Anyang getting <laughs> that was part one of his revenge on the Bluth what? family and then in that same episode that's where um Lucille thinks someone broke into her apartment, and yeah. Michael's like, "Oh, yes. you're crazy." On Young, that's when On Young got in there and had been hiding in the walls. Yes, like it all fits together. That's why I can't wait for season four to see where, like, I want them to build like a crystalline structure. I don't like getting moments this built that, up for things. I'm I gonna, know. I'm so know. scared. It could be awful. So let's, let's just think they're gonna blow it. They 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 ruined the franchise. <laughs> Uh, let's just think that. All right, did you read any other comics? Yeah, no, I definitely did. Okay, a couple more, as long as I I can't remember. Uh, I'll tell you what. What? what, Can we go to break? All right, fine. Well, we will go to break when we come back. Answers last week's question of the week. Mm -hmm. Another little quiz, Mm -hmm. and uh, and the other comics Chris read (laughs) on the other side. Why, hello, 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 and welcome to the break, everybody. 
Uh, this episode of Cape Crisis is another one where we're very thankful for you listeners all listening. You know, I, I really do appreciate it. Even when you say comments that hurt my feelings and make me sad, I, I still appreciate all your listening ears out there. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll even have a giveaway soon to, you know, give a little appreciation to some of you guys. Maybe listen a little later and you'll find out about it. But... In the meantime, if you'd like to help out Cape Crisis and the entire Laser Time Podcast Network, there's uh, so many ways you can. How? Well, first off, there's the PayPal button that's on the left side of the website. Click on that and you can give a, a donation of however much you want. And uh, just any any amount can help keep the shows free, keep the wheels a-turning, uh, help replace uh, tech that is breaking down. Any of that really helps. Or if you'd like to help out in a different way, you can buy a Laser Time t-shirt. It's in the link right underneath the PayPal button. Or if you'd like to just buy things on Amazon and throw a few dollars our way through that, on the right side of the screen there's links to Amazon for with suggestions of what you can buy. But if you buy anything through that link, you're going to get something, or a little bit of money comes our way. Also, this week, we have our semi-regular Amazon New Releases Showcase, where we point out all the things that just came out that you will probably want to buy, and if you uh, the details are in the article, but you could win a $20 Amazon gift card just by reading it. Uh, also, when it comes to helping out Cape Crisis, uh, you can go to iTunes, be sure you're subscribing to the show. And also, please, I know I've asked it a million times, probably everybody who's going to review it will review it and has done it, but please, if you haven't given us a review yet or a five-star rating, it really does help us out a whole lot. I'd really appreciate it if you did. So please, please, please. Uh, And lastly, time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. Well, what's this week? Well, I'll tell you. It's the newest collection of Invincible, Volume A to the hardcover. I was just talking about reading it. Uh, really, I think the hardcover is the best way to read it. It's an oversized collection. Though there is the, uh, if you want to get started, honestly, I think you'll really enjoy the book, so you should just get started with the phone book size compendium. Though I know people have complained. Uh, I've, I've heard from friends who buy those giant 48-issue uh, collections of, like, Walking Dead. It's just too big. It's, it's uncomfortable to read in bed. <laughs> if you feel that way, the, uh, the hardcovers of Invincible are a great way to read it. Like, I mean... You know, you can get the trade paperbacks, those are a smaller investment, but the hardcovers, like I said, they're on better paper, bigger pictures, bigger pages, it's, it's a better experience overall. And they're already up to volume 8, every volume is worth getting, so if you'd like to check it out, you can buy it through a link on the Laser Time uh, page for this episode of Cape Crisis number 53, just click on that at lasertimepodcast.com. Alright, and now, back to the show. Hey everybody, welcome back. Oof, boy, second attempt at starting the second segment. <laughs> what happened? You I don't want to get too scatological, but uh, really, I had a I had a bathroom problem. Was it firm? 
But fair? No, it was not. No? It was but It was fun? not a fun ride. Let's just put it at that. And that's when we... Was it like a nope, uh, come Ford F-150 F- uh, mudding but stuck? And no. the, what the exhaust pipe does when it's stuck underneath the mud? Mm. All right. <laughs> Guys, we're back. What's sure. the thing we're going to do? I'm going to give a little shot to a, uh, last week's. I think it was all right, but I'm uh, going to give another shot to which ah. character is Stanley writing? Oh, wait, wait. I had some, new- had some news. You had some news you oh, wanted God. to share? I just closed out everything. <sighs> Oops. I did. I, I did. Just some some quick news stories. One that I all of a sudden don't remember once the tab closed, but the funniest thing... And coolest thing uh-huh. for people who want uh, to maybe write a comic, Amazon and Warner Brothers teamed up together to actually give people royalties for their fan fiction. What? You get 35% wow. of the net revenue. If from, someone buys your fan fiction if you If, if it's $10,000 or more and published through, it's called Kindle Worlds. And what I see this is as a great opportunity for anybody out there who's always wanted to write, but... As a, someone who grew up in Florida, and, until I gave up every like what felt like giving up everything in my life and moving out here, yeah, I didn't think I could ever have a job in professionally uh, writing. Well, no, in the, well, just in the entertainment industry, I, I lived yeah. in, in Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah, you have was, to either go to New York or LA. That's kind of or, and now it's not the in what it sort of see it as is an act of desperation on Warner Brothers' part. Well, they see they yeah. I think in general you're seeing this with these ma- giant monolithic. Mm-hmm. Corporations that they see, oh, we, the big money isn't as big as it used to be, mm-hmm. but there's all these opportunities for less money, but a bunch of them. Yeah. Like, and if we create enough up. of those, it'll it'll add up into one big pile that we didn't actually have to generate ourselves. Yeah, same with, like, I mean, to a lesser extent, the, the Veronica Mars thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, Veronica Mars, at its most successful won't make them anything near what, you know, a Superman movie or Harry Potter did for Warner, but still it's, you know, it's all profit. It's still, it's still profit. a shitty way of doing business. Like everybody wants to bet on the sure thing. Yeah. And the surest thing and I, I feel like we're seeing that more in, in TV, which is weird because now that that for a while was the only places that people took chances mm. and tried new things. Because the movies have given up on just a dap shit and then I'm looking like what's the new T V shows coming out? Uh Hannibal show, Marvel. Uh, uh, we're gonna make a Wonder Woman show, and well, we're gonna, but ha- it's not we're as, gonna reboot this. And it's reboot not a that. sure thing. It doesn't really work. The I'm hoping Agents of Shield. It is, but they're, they're depending on your like subconscious nostalgia of this thing to yeah. make you more interested than it ha- like you having to read a description, even in your like Xfinity TV guide window. Mm-hmm. They're they're depending on that. Modicum of subconscious. Well, the oppositely, I read a, I read an uh, an infuriating thing about uh, why some shows didn't get picked up to be mm-hmm. uh, to, from pilots, mm-hmm. and uh, two of them, the NBC ones, were like, God, NBC, you just suck. The, the John Mulaney. The thing. first one was John Mulaney, which John Mulaney is a hilarious stand-up. You should listen to any of his records. He's kind like, of he's, one of the funniest people the world doesn't know so about. He's so good, funny. He's so good. SNL writer. He writes all the Stefan sketches. Yeah, yeah, with on, Bill Hader. With Bill Hader on yeah, SNL. And he's uh, the Oh Hello Guys with Nick Kroll on The Kroll Show. Uh, George St. Keeglin. The, the coked up Jews. That's all yeah. I know. George St. Keeglin. 
But he's but uh, his show didn't get picked up, even though it apparently it was like the funniest pilot. It, most people were what review. They're like, this is the best pilot of the season. So funny, and NBC didn't pick it up because mm-hmm. they said it was only going to be a show comedy nerds like. They just they wanted broad appeal. So, so in other words, funny. Yeah, it was just too funny. There was too too many laughs. And then uh, following that, they they also commissioned a uh, an hour long. A uh, thing based on a comic that uh, I've only read a couple issues of, but I enjoy it called The Sixth Gun, mm-hmm. which is a like macabre western. I bought and, it on your recommendation. I yeah, read it yet. Whoops. but uh, but they, they did the pilot, and then they're like, eh, "This feels too much like a sci-fi channel series. We don't need like you know, The Walking Dead is the most popular show <laughs> on television, right? Like you can't uh, just be like, uh, this is genre. Why do we even ask for this? Like, fuck you. You don't. You don't deserve success if you're this stupid. Why don't you? You know what? Why don't you make another spy show? Yeah, another spy show. Why don't you just do that? Well, and also every year, like J.J. Abrams, they just like, hey, make us a show, and then it lasts like five episodes. Okay? That's like everybody. Uh, uh, there was the Microsoft Xbox Uno announcement. Yes, and Steven Spielberg to <laughs> yeah. produce a Halo series. A Halo series. I'm like, are, is this the same Steven Spielberg of Terra Nova and Smash fame? Or, or the Steven Spielberg that executive produced the Transformers films. Or Steven Spielberg of Tiny Toons and Animaniacs fame. I don't know, because I, I was like, I don't even want to make this joke because he made Animaniacs. There's the Steven Spielberg rubber stamp, and he mm-hmm. sometimes gives mm-hmm. that rubber stamp to good people and sometimes not good mm-hmm. people. But Steven Spielberg okaying something's existence is not the same as the Steven Spielberg That's the point film. I was trying to You know he... Did shepherd the movie Casper? Yeah, he brought us Flintstones. No, I did. Uh, Jesus, what was the Steven Spielberg? I, no, I watched. I watched. Gee, I watched a movie that was about like screenwriting, and mm-hmm. uh, and they talked to this one screenwriter who's writing. Um, I believe he was writing more of the worlds, and that he was like he was said he was stuck somewhere, and then and, and he just called Steven Spielberg, and Spielberg was like, "Well, yeah, just have that to happen, and then do this and that," and then he was like. Like, it was magic, he said, that Steven Spielberg knew exactly how to fix something. So, maybe Steven Spielberg being involved for 30 seconds does make a big difference on a project. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps. He's getting old, though, man. That's the only thing I worry about. Old people make dumb, make horrible decisions. They make safe decisions. Well, though, did you see, did you watch the Red Letter Media on the uh, Crystal Skull? Indiana Jones and Crystal Skull? No, we should watch that when we're done. It is by... You will have time. The the best thing about it is... (laughs) That he makes a great case that Steven Spielberg is still great, but he really wanted to make an Indiana Jones film, and the only way to do that was to play ball with Lucas. Mm-hmm. And so he just had to go like, even though I know this idea is stupid, I like my friend George, and we'll work together. So I'll just do it. I guess I'll I, have I, aliens. I heard him in this. throw throw George under the bus. I believe on him. a couple of occasions. Well, whatever, it, like because. Nuke the fridge has become a pejorative term. It's a very stupid scene. It is not a stupid scene. That's a great scene. It was actually. way cra- no. It was too nothing. Walking that- through test areas of Air Fifty One and surviving a in a refrigerator, which you can. His he would have turned to jelly from it's the impact. A great scene. He would have exploded. Nay. Look, I know that... Kids suffocate in there. It's a look, vacuum. It's like the space shuttle. I also... I know there is a scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. where Indiana Jones is standing on top of a submarine. And then we're yes. supposed to assume he somehow got inside of it without being detected. Mm-hmm. That's a stupid scene, too. Mm-hmm. 
But the nuking the fridge just pushed the um, it, it broke reality. It went too. I far. think it was too easy to describe. There's I don't remember any. I only saw the movie once in the theater, but uh, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that scene. I have the Blu-ray set next to my bed. There's another point that the uh, the guy makes it. The, the guy uh, the creator of the Red Lighter Media mm-hmm. Plunkett plunk, Plunkett reviews. I almost want to say Plunkett. Anyway, the Harry Plunkett reviews. He got this scene where they're like. He had Lucas tried to ruin the other Indiana Jones films too, and and they as Spielberg. Well, yeah, he wanted Last Crusade to take place in a haunted house. I don't know why. It took <laughs> took me forever to convince him not to do that. And then they both agree that like, yeah, the um, uh, the Temple of Doom was way too dark, and they were both mm. going through terrible so divorces. Good. At so the time. good. Because they're horrible divorces, they're like, let's be nasty. Let's murder people. Temple of Doom is a fucking nasty torture movie. children. It's great. So good. All right. Anyway, was that all the news? Yeah. It just uh, yes. That is interesting to me. I'm interested. Yes, in that. I thought that was super cool. I mean, I, do we not have all fascinations about writing a comic someday? Someday writing for DC, and I, I'm pretty sure this is an area where the now now since their their DC is take or like Warner Brothers is taking a cut. Uh-huh. means they can't take the work away from you without your permission, and permission means a paycheck. That's true. So, give it a shot, folks. All right. So, here are a couple lines from the X-Men number one. I'm the only one who can answer now. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm just going to give you three. You I'm just going to give you three. All right, so, so, is this... Is this it's from, it's from X-Men number one. The first issue of the X-Men from so 1963. Beast, Jean Grey, Iceman, uh, Cyclops... And Angel. And also Professor X. Professor X. And maybe Magneto. <laughs> Alright, so here's the first one. Let you can't me be spell Magneto without Nito. Let me be the first to welcome you to the X-Men, beautiful. Mmm. Um That mmm is him kissing someone. I'm uh, G Gray. Someone kissing G Gray. Oh. Hmm. <clears throat> what? Let me be the first to welcome you to the X-Men, beautiful. Uh, it's got to be Beast, then. That's right. Yes. Wait, no. That's not the right answer button. <laughs> there it is. Well, that wasn't the buzzer, though. My bad, my bad. Uh, all right, here's another one. <laughs> now, by exerting every iota of power, I can direct that energy upward. I can direct that energy upward. Fuck. Um, who could do that? Is I guess the question, right? Am I wrong? What? Who who has that yeah, power? Yeah, who can do that? Direct the energy upward. <laughs> it's got to be Cyclops. No, it is Magneto. Oh! <laughs> and actually, that's uh, this uh, was followed by the I forgot he proof, was in play. Proof that neither uh, Jack Kirby nor Stanley knew how magnets work. <laughs> he says the line. Now I'll merely alter my magnetic waves from positive to negative that will repel anything that comes within range of me. Nothing can touch me. And, like, humans are flying away from him <laughs> as he's walking forward. Like I reversed the polarity of the atmosphere. By simply narrowing the magnetic, my magnetic waves all around the lesser humans, I can keep them confined. And he, like, puts a lasso, a magnet lasso around them. Engage. Uh, all right, sense. one more. Wow, did all of you receive that mental blast? Um, okay. Uh, Iceman. No, I'm sorry. That was Warren Worthington. Oh, I knew it was him. 
should have said that. I knew it was. It, I don't remember which one started out as the goofy character. Actually, no. I, I think Beast was the biggest goof. Really? I, uh, I, well, they were kind of both the goof. I've actually read the first couple issues of uh, the Uncanny X Men, which is a word I've. Uncanny is a word I've never been able to put into my vernacular. They ever. can't be canned. They can't. It's uncannable. <laughs> Here's uh, this is an, uh, that's yes. the end of the the uh, that's the end of the quotes, but. You're speaking aloud? That means it's important. Like, that's the reaction to the <laughs> Xavier. He was speaking aloud the whole issue. Like, yeah. he doesn't... Also, there, it's, there's a real... In case you didn't pick up on it. There's old-fashioned sexism that goes through a lot of these books. We're like, he's just staring at Jean Grey the whole time. Like, hey, sexy. Va-va-voom. Va-va-voom. <laughs> Let me take you to the malt shop for a cream soda. Or egg <laughs> soda. No, an egg cream. That's what I'm trying to say. But it was the same. Somebody, uh, I forget who it was, I'm sorry, but someone on Twitter directed me to a Sean Baby Cracked article they just posted, which was the stupidest characters in comic book history. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, like, mentally stupid. Mm-hmm. And they had multiple good ones, but the only female one they used was the Invisible Woman from the original comics. And yeah. they had a storyline with her where she was testing out different perfumes that would prevent dogs from smelling her. <laughs> and she would keep... Wa- and then there were other ones where, like, she forgot she was invisible multiple times and, like, walked into traffic, like, pushed someone over, mm-hmm. like, why didn't they see me? Oh, I'm invisible! I'm invisible! And, like, also her... Her uh, her rallying cry seemed to constantly be like, "I'm useless. This is hopeless. I failed." Like, she fucking sucks. I, I didn't mean to ask you when you brought up your Doctor Doom glass. What is up with Doctor Doom? What do you mean? Like, right now, currently? Mm-hmm. Uh, gee, what did he do last? Well, he was a member of the Future Foundation. I remember that. Mm-hmm. But that storyline ended. I think he's on ice at the moment. Like I don't right? think he's like, I, haven't, I haven't seen him anywhere. But I'm I, don't, I think they're holding Fantastic him back Ford. in Marvel. Oh, yeah. The last thing I remember happening in Marvel now, mm-hmm. in FF, not mm-hmm. Fantastic Four, the FF book, while the, they're the new Fantastic Four that's taking over while the Fantastic Four is lost in space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just hit me that it is Marvel the plot is really of Lost in Space. really pushing the space shit. But anyway... Um, the FF, they're deciding, the last issue I read, though they've had an issue since then, at least one, mm-hmm. is them deciding, why is Doctor Doom free? We're going to invade Latveria and, mm-hmm. and arrest him. Mm-hmm. But it's really Scott Lang, the team leader, he's still mad at Doctor Doom for murdering his daughter. I understand. <laughs> I mean, come on, what's the deal with that? Yeah. Uh, as long as it was, was it on purpose? He, well, yeah. Oh, God. Sorry. Love my sound That's effects. something I never... This was a, something I really agree with Mark Wade on. Mark Wade said that uh, some some writers give Doctor Doom like a sense of honor. That they're like, he's the honorable villain. He'll do... He'll play by his own... He'll play by his rules, and he has rules. Mm-hmm. And Mark Wade was like, no, he's a he's a brute. Like, he's, he's a very selfish asshole who pretends to have rules so he'll look smarter and more noble than mm-hmm. you, but... If it would let him defeat Reed Richards, this is this is how Mark Wade put it. Mm-hmm. If it would let him defeat Reed Richards, he would peel the skin off a baby. <laughs> he would not care. Like, uh, <sighs> can't get away from these sound. It was, speaking of superhero teams, I did finally dive into Justice League. Um, Jim Lee's Justice League. Which no, Justice no, League? the cartoon that just appeared. Oh, on the Netflix. cartoon. Yes. And I'm almost in love with it. It's the best. It really is. It's 
I know, you're just seeing that they play it really safe in the first season. It's a little, but it still has that tiny bit of being very, very dated. Uh, uh, how's that explain? Um, just that, like, there is like so much silence and non-movement, which I don't. You can see where the budget about YouTube fails videos you wa- watch today, and like, and there are some guy, some dipshit is in his room talking on YouTube, and he's got two hundred thousand subscribers. They take out the pauses and breaths of his sentence because that's what the attention span of our, we. Not complaining, uh, my attention span is shorter than yours. I assure you, uh, but this one's just like not even brooding, just like that was a really a one minute crowd shot. Yeah. I know, they, the pacing speeds up a lot in the show, but also in the first season... Batman's all, never there. Well, he's they they were in a weird part. There became a thing in the show called the Bat Embargo, mm-hmm. where <gasps> Batman was allowed on the show, but they were allowed no other Batman characters. Mm. And they actually got special permission for a couple episodes with the Joker. Like, when the Joker gets to show up, you're like, yes, the Joker's here! I, mean, I haven't even gotten that point. Start. But yeah, it, in the first season, they're really like... They're taking it slow because they're like, oh, we have to. Should we have Aquaman in an episode? And he was awesome. That was, was an awesome episode. And they cut off his hand. They, they cut off his went hand. that far. Uh, and then there was the JSA episode, except that was the other thing. They couldn't. They weren't allowed to make them the JSA. Like they, hmm. they had to make them. It's it's very obvious they're the JSA. But instead of making them the old Green Lantern, it's the Green Guardian and it, all that. It just seems like it's. At this point, ten episodes in, it is the Superman, Green Lantern, and Martian Manhunter show. Batman will show up more, and but everybody giving, else revolves. They they start giving a Hawk Girl and Wonder Woman more. To and do. I love Phil Lamar, uh-huh. uh, but I hate when he does a straight up black character. I like I've only <laughs> I heard this like listening to an interview with Trey Parker and Matt Stone, where like uh, they wanted to do all the voices in the show, including Chef uh-huh. and. We're told no because it is not cool. It is considered against the rules for white people to play a prominent black character. Uh, and then I, you know, immediately was pointing at Carl of Lenny and Carl fame. You kind of got grandfathered in, yeah. And 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 that's not cool. And just Phil Lamar gets to do every black, and every black character sounds like a white person doing an impression of a black character. <laughs> Is that really the way it is, Superman? Is that not a good? Maybe. Is that not a good Green John Stewart yeah, impression? Well, the really, really. I think the is real the, what? the biggest problem for me with that was with his voice was in the second. I'm about to go home, Superman. In the second, or in the second, you, I would get of, fired wait, wait, if I did that on my in job. The, in the second season of Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. They bring in Steel, who had previously appeared on the Superman animated series, which mm-hmm. predated the creation of Green Lantern. Guess who they cast as Steel on the on the Superman show? It was Phil Omar. Lamar. He, so he, and they wanted to keep the voice the same. I've heard that so, joke that he is the go-to. You have a black cast there, member, so, you cast him. So the there's voice a in. scene that like there's they made Phil Lamar Steel. Mm-hmm. They decide to keep him as Steel. Mm-hmm. And then they write a scene, well, here's Steel and I'm Green Steel. Lantern in the same scene. Totally. And How you doing, Steel? I'm yeah. fine. I'm the Green Lantern. Well, Steel just sounds a slightly more street than, or like, I'm a little relaxed. more street than you. You sure are more street than me, because I'm the Green Lantern. Come on, is that not a good Phil Lamar story? Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. That, that, again, that's one of those things that, like, everybody else, like, you were right, like, Jesus Christ, is that David Payne? 
like just some character actor that I, I, I can't even name the name of, but I know that's his voice. Uh-huh. Like a real actor playing these characters. And then, oh no. Did this happen again, Superman? Philmar relaxes more. Give him time. Give him I, it just time it, his. Uh, I don't. What's the Jamaican character in Futurama? Hermes. Oh, Hermes. Like I can't do that character. Can't even begin to. Totally unique character. Can't. It, but that I've I've heard his black character so often. Uh-huh. Like I cannot believe. Barbados you. Slim. I heard you were in Barbados. <laughs> I thought you were in Barbados. Barbados Slim. I I can't do I cannot do that voice. But it's like, yeah. If I was. If I had done that voice in like a meeting, like this is how the character will sound, people would have been like, "Ooh, uncool, not cool, man." We're, we're calling it like the, uh, an email not would cool. be sent. No, yes, an email would be sent. Uh, Chris kind of did something awful in a meeting. You said a black character should sound like this. All right. <laughs> you don't uh, like my Green Lantern? Give it more time. I like his. I like his Green Lantern. I was more bothered in uh, the Injustice game that just came out. Mm-hmm. They had him play because White Green Lantern is in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, lame old Hal Jordan. No, he's not. I'm just kidding. But, Easy, buddy. Uh, but because he can't be Green Lantern, he is in the game. He's Aquaman, and but it's still Phil Mar, uh, basically. Aquaman, baby. Well, it's the more regal Aquaman. Like, how dare you? I will go to the. No, I can't how even. How dare do, I can't you, Superman? I thought he did a good um, uh, Samurai Jack. I liked him as Samurai Jack. Was he? He was Samurai Jack. Yes. Well, yeah. See that again. I didn't notice. He doesn't play all black mm. people. There are because I know, there's not I know. enough black roles in cartoons. <laughs> I feel worse for the for. Uh, there's even fewer black women, and so mm. Susie Carmichael has to be every black girl. Is that the girl from Different World? Uh, yes. <laughs> that is, yeah. Yes. She was also Elmira on Tiny Toons. Yeah, she was Elmira, and also. Mary Melody? Is that the name of the black girl on Tiny Tim? Oh, fuck me. Yeah. I can't believe you're bringing up Mary Melody on the Super Hill podcast, Henry, because I'm Green Lantern. I like to remember when they shoved Elmira on the... I like Elmira doing Phil Lamar as Green Lantern, i tell you that. You know when they shoved Elmira on the Pinky and the Brain show? I sort of remember. On the intro to the show, they said, uh, why is, uh, like, uh... How how did this happen in the, in the theme song? They're basically just like, how did this happen? Why are we with Elmira? It's what the network wants. Why bother to complain? <laughs> uh, vaguely. All right. Come on. Come on. Get back on. Come on. <laughs> we got to get back on track with last week's question of the week. Uh, superhero teams. Yes. Turn on Microsoft Surface. Well, you turn on your Surface. Pre- oh, no, that's the. No, I was pressing. It was my fault. I was pressing the volume surface. button. I was pressing the volume button. Stop defending your surface. It's definitely in the wrong. All right. Yes, the last week's question was, what's your favorite team of characters? And I'm going to go with the first one. I oh, always Jesus. like to read the first person first. Is that what I first, first. Firefly? <laughs> that was a bit of a cop-out. You and Dave both have big cop-outs. Obviously a douche. Good old obviously a douche. My favorite team, though. The Secret Six. Their team dynamic, uh, the it had a team dynamic nailed and made some dumb characters awesome. Uh, seriously, who would have thought Catman would ever be cool? I know he, he, they, Secret Six made Catman awesome. They made De- Catman was like a parody of Batman. He was mm-hmm. terrible. He had been written very recently to be a fat idiot, <laughs> and then he became the Batman of their team, except like more cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Like he was great and. There was Deadshot on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Vandal Savage's daughter, Scandal Savage. She actually like mm-hmm. was really cool. Uh, the Jester. 
And uh, it also like had like gay love stories in it, which was very surprising. It was written by Gail Simone. It was my favorite Gail Simone mm. book. Like she writes Batgirl awesome. Yes, Batgirl is great. And she writes the uh, Birds of Prey really well. But but Secret Six is my favorite book. Mm. If it's on, I bought it. Uh, bought some old issues recently on Comicsology. If it's mm-hmm. ever on sale, buy it. Or you know, through Amazon.com. Yeah, Amazon. buddy, help us out. Keep making comic shows for you. And doing Phil Lamar every goddamn day, Superman. Statutory <laughs> Grape says. Uh, there's only one right answer, and that's Captain Carrot and his amazing fucking zoo crew. <laughs> what? Captain Carrot and the amazing zoo uh, crew. You're going to have to give background on every one of these. They're cartoon. They're ba- they, uh, they were a kid comic that DC was trying to publish. It was basically just a superhero team of cartoon animals. That It, it was a jokey book, but mm-hmm. uh, they get referenced every once in a while in the DC universe as stupid characters. But they're funny. Uh, let's see here. Uh, John, John Wahizzle said The Uncanny X-Force mm-hmm. which I really like that book too especially when Deadpool joined it uh, Cody Stolo says The Young Justice of Season 1 I need to watch that Young Justice animated series I have not seen that one yet let's see here a couple more uh, Triskitable says mm-hmm. The Guardians of the Globe Yes, I yes, really like cool. them a lot especially Brit's a cool leader of that team I like that they also have um, an invincible immortal figure who always sort of gets to be the figurehead of that group. Yeah, the, uh, I like that the immortal might be... Uh, when they may, when they imply that the the immortal is kind of Abe Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Like, he was yes. probably Abe Lincoln. I actually was going to refer to him as Abe, and I used the word immortal to describe the immortal. Okay, Odie Odi Est... Mm-hmm. Uh, says Great Lake Avengers, the only Avengers as far as I'm concerned. What? I love the Great the Great Lake Avengers is so funny. Explain it to me. Is that really like Man, a, I gotta explain a Wisconsin everything. area? Yes, they they were a joke team created in the uh, after the West Coast Avengers were created. Yes. We're seen. The uh, John Byrne mm-hmm. he did a joke issue called the Great Lakes Avengers, mm-hmm. and they basically it was it was writing in the fact that. No super crime seems to ever happen if it's not in New York City in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And so these are the people that protect all the Great Lake states. They like could have saved Marvin Midwest. Gaye from crashing. Oh, no, that the wasn't North. Marvin Gaye. Who was that? What? John Denver? No, some soul legend like, like crashing. Crashing. Crash Otis the Redding? Yeah, was it Otis Redding? The, uh, the unlike the, the doc the, of the, bay the Madison uh, campus. Look, it, I, uh, what? Oh, okay. I, sorry, Otis Reddy. That was my best guess. I don't know. It, See? Some black guy. I crash in the ocean. I'm oh, Phil right. Lamar playing this character. But the Great Lakes Avengers were a joke team. They mm-hmm. had Immortal Man, whose only ability was that he, would, he can't be killed. Mm. Uh, then there was Big Bertha, who is a supermodel in regular life, but has the mutant ability to get incredibly fat. <laughs> and basically, she turns into the blob. Uh, and then they also had nothing moves the. They also had uh, Squirrel Girl on their team mm. too. Dan Slott picked up, did a miniseries of them, and it was really funny. And then a couple more we're gonna read off here. Uh, let's see here. Da, da, da. <laughs> Waiting to load. Shut up. Shit it! And we're like, let's read some more, and you just looked up in the air. As uh, <laughs> okay, Iron Badger says the Suicide Squad. I totally ah, yes. love them. 
their their uh, Secret Six was kind of created to be uh, mm-hmm. a Suicide Squad for the mid two thousands, and they uh, but Suicide Squad was just such a cool idea of like. All right, villains, you will not go to jail if you go on these missions that you will probably die. die. And, like, characters could just die on those missions pretty easy because they were the bad guys. Like, it it wasn't the same, wasn't the same uh, stakes. All right, last one. Uh, We're going to go with Awkward Loser, Rogue's Team of the X-Men from Mike Carey's run on it. It was Iceman, Mystique, Cannonball, Sabretooth. Cable, Omega, Sentinel, uh, Omega Sentinel, and Lady Mastermind. That is a crazy team. Especially with Omega Sentinel and Omega Sentinel. (laughs) I I, I said it originally as Omega Sentinel. I just think it's funny that you have in the Marvel Universe an Omega Sentinel and an Omega Sentinel. Yes, that's true. It's not a joke in your read. (laughs) All right. So I'm getting a little defensive. Mm Mm-hmm. You need to calm down. All right. I swear to God, I'll do Phil Lamar again. I know it makes you no uncomfortable. More. No more. <laughs> uh, uh, is this it? Are we no, done? No, no. We have to have a question of this week. Oh, that's right. We were talking about funny books and funny comic books. Mm-hmm. So, what is your favorite comedic comic book? What comic book really made you laugh? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to go first. This is uh-huh. a Great Lakes, spin- Great Lakes Avengers spinoff. Uh, our special, the civil post Civil War special, in that it had Squirrel Girl, who mm-hmm. for a decade had been written as having a crush on Speedball, mm-hmm. and they were both created by Steve Ditko as joke characters. So that's kind of why they were written to have an mm-hmm. attraction to each other. But Speedball became Penance, the grim and gritty character who harms himself to pay penance for uh, the deaths of all the people in Stamford in the start of Civil War, when. And I mentioned it before on this podcast, actually, I realize now. But when Squirrel Girl confronts him, like, basically is plays the reader who's saying, this is stupid. You shouldn't, don't feel bad. Like, the supervillain blew up that town, not you. And, like, you, you're not irresponsible. The Avengers, lots of people have died when, they, when the Avengers fought. And she brought up, <coughs> Tony Stark was drunk. And yeah. killed a senator on television. <laughs> and he's the Secretary of State. So, uh, yeah. Uh, it was such a good... It was it did, such a funny book. Anything about Dan Slott, his, his run on She-Hulk. I haven't was, read... I was in the mood for a funny book, and I just happened to stumble upon um, Thor and the Warriors 4. I haven't heard that one. Uh, it's Thor teamed up with a group of preteen superheroes. <laughs> what? And which... I mean, does the, just looking at the cover, I'm like, well, that seems like perfect fodder yeah. for something funny because Thor is the ultra serious uh, god, god, literally a yeah. god. And most humans seem like grown men seem too immature yeah, to I, him. I, I mean. swear, like, I when I was reading Thor, Thor was unironically acknowledged as the ultra badass, and every time I see him in a comic now, like his god status is is acknowledged. Uh, and then sort of mocked a little bit. Well, people and then he's allowed of, to do badass things. Yeah, though I've I've noticed on a certain level that the series is uh, when Thor was first reintroduced by mm-hmm. J. Michael Straczynski, mm-hmm. like he was the king of the fucking world. Like, yes. it was like nobody, yeah, but that's nobody a, beats that. Thor. Is another thing that Thor was not. I remember, we were talking about the DC universe, the DC Marvel crossover, and that uh, Thor was the comparable to Superman. To Superman, yeah, and like. You're right, and I think they finally started treating him like that. Well, they did, but then, and that was up to 
Uh, they had the Secret War crossover in, in not Secret War, a Secret mm-hmm. Invasion. Mm-hmm. In the Secret Invasion crossover, that's the first time really Thor was in a big crossover and was playing with the rest of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And in that, he still is very strong. Nobody really gets the better of him. Mm-hmm. He just has after, to find a reason to disappear. After that, in Siege, it was a big deal that the Sentry cold cocked him, like mm-hmm. actually beat him in one-on-one fight. I was like, shit, that shows you how powerful the Sentry is. Since then, I feel like more and more they're relying on like, well, how strong is this guy? He knocked out Thor. Mm-hmm. He beat up Thor. Like now, this is why they had to up Thor's power level when he came back, mm-hmm. or at least like make it clear how strong he is. Because in, in Avengers books, it became kind of a thing of like, well, this guy's so strong, he beat Thor. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes they'll have a new guy show up and like, this guy's so strong, well, he couldn't beat Thor, but he beats up Hercules. <laughs> and then he can go toe-to-toe with Thor. Like, uh, oh, shit. Uh, I, well, I, wanna, I always want to plug Dial H. Di- oh, yeah. Dial yeah. H is super funny, uh, has the probably the worst alter ego of any superhero, <laughs> and then the weirdest, silliest, most seemingly most useless superheroes. Mm-hmm. Super funny. Um, oh, world! Oh man, X Men and Wolverine. That, I was going to say the X Men. I was going to acknowledge Very Hawkeye. Like Hawkeye, Hawkeye is, is hilarious. hilarious, but but Wolverine and X Men. It, it, it's not that it's hilarious. It's just that it balances. It does have a sense of drama uh, with a lot of humor, and, and that's not even what I know Jason Aaron for doing. But the, the pacing of the jokes feel like British comedy to me, almost like a little a little bit. Like sometimes it'll be like the most drastic situation where they're literally fighting the ground below them. <laughs> And then that character, Krakoa, becomes the most hilarious character yes. you encounter throughout the rest I of the like series. I like thinking just like, oh, you guys have money problems? Here's diamonds. Like, I just make diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> I have to bribe him with fertilizer to leave the... And it's, it's, I think it's the perfect balance. Yeah. It, that, that comic, Wolverine and the X-Men, I can't recommend it enough. Too bad not enough of you tweeted me to give it away. <laughs> also, <laughs> you know what? Man, I don't know. Okay. Hmm. I don't know how to give away the. I have a bunch of Marvel. I have about four Marvel trade paperback codes mm-hmm. that I would love to give away, but I don't know how. So maybe tweet at me h e n e r e y g on Twitter to tell me how to give them away. And I will to uh, to certain Cape <laughs> Crisis fans. Perfect. Henry. So you know what? Okay, the, here's here's the first contest. Tell me how to do a contest, mm-hmm. and the winning contests. Idea will win one of those codes. Nice. It's un- you'd get Uncanny Avengers or John Hickman's Avengers or all Ooh. new X Men. Mm-hmm. The first collection, the first five to six issues of all those free for free in a digital form. So once again, H E N E R E Y G. Do you have enough guts to <laughs> to give me a contest idea on Twitter? I hope so. I sort of wish you would have run it by me first, but that's okay. This is come on, that was a good for just making up a contest on no, the fly. No, that was, was a great. good contest. It was great. It was great. I'm going to give you Henry because you own a Surface and a Windows Phone on a cheap. Thank you. I hope those transfer to your Xbox wait. One. It, they do. They do. <laughs> what a all right. What a stupid name, Xbox One. Like everyone's just going to call it Xbox. Only that I th- it, like were you. As many articles of in the 360 era, I had to write about the first Xbox. Yeah, you are. Are you trying to erase the first Xbox from history? Because you don't have Pretty to much. try that hard, because it has no history outside of Halo on one end and blinks the cat to make fun of on the other. Yeah, it has no history. There's no reason it to was do that. Nothing. But now, but seriously, like all every article that ever called 
I, I went to the bathroom during the press conference and came back and like Xbox One. I'm like, why are they talking about the original? I mean, it was only a couple <laughs> seconds in my brain, but it's like, wait, why did you do that? It's a very strange choice. I gotta say. Eh, whatever. It's all right. This, I, I do this like isn't it. a podcast for that. That's right. We got Video Game Apocalypse up yeah. this week. Uh, you listen to this week's episode to hear my pre <laughs> me on it, mm-hmm. uh, pre guessing about what was going to happen at the Xbox event. I was nice. pretty much wrong. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I'll listen to it maybe. I, I have a feeling whatever you thought Xbox was or Microsoft was going to do is they're going to do it at E3. Whatever now, you, I, you really my, want to my, see. My downside guess was like, oh, they're just going to talk about entertainment bullshit. And that's just what they did. No, no. I know there's games to announce there. So uh. E3. I just I didn't know when they were going to do it. And I think what, 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 what Brett tried to point out optimistically is all that crap when we sit through press conferences and they do that shit because USA Today, People Magazine, and they Parade got that Magazine, out of the way this they thing. got it out of the way. They if. don't have to explain it to people who just showed up because their boss said go to the video games thing and cover it. All that information is out there already. Now it's time to cover the games. Might be cool. In other plugs, I was on uh, this week's cha- last week's Cheap Popcast, mm. the triumphant return. Uh, we took about six weeks off in between uh, WrestleMania, but it was fun talking about WrestleMania memories the, uh, of the most recent one. It was a good time. But it was extreme memories. Extreme. Well, no, then it was extreme. But first we recounted what we remembered about watching WrestleMania Live, which was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's that laser time show, which is something, right? It's uh, Star Trek. The first three quarters oh. are... I got a ton of different theme songs from throughout the interwebs that you may have never heard before. The first three quarters are just celebrating the legacy. Brett Elson quickly reveals his his ten episodes. Like, if you were going to watch ten episodes of Next Gen, uh-huh. these are the ones. Uh, and then in addition to that, I uncover a bunch of crazy audio, and we just go through trivia. Like, what's adjusted for inflation, the highest grossing Star Trek movie, Henry? You'll have to That's listen to number four. later time to find out. Number four. Uh, no, no, not even close. Huh, alright. Uh, yeah, What's I, the lowest grossing? This is, that's probably the Nemesis. Easiest. It is Nemesis. What's the second lowest grossing? Uh, Adjusted five. for inflation. Final Frontier. That would be Into Darkness. Into uh, Darkness. Uh, it's only had seven days. I know, but I'm just saying, there's a, there's a couple... This weekend, I... Go listen to Laser Time. This weekend, faces. I binged on Star Trek. I Did watched, you? uh I watched, uh, you know, for no reason in particular, I watched The Wrath of Khan and also Did- the... Uh, the Space Seed episode, which was the first episode Khan appeared in. Brett, El- Brett Elston on the Star Trek episode, I'm like, you ever read the Star Trek next-gen X-Men crossover? No. <laughs> Are you going to answer defiantly? Like, y- the same period you were reading the, comics yeah. and watching and obsessed with Star Trek, you didn't that? read that you, you don't even know what happens. Or did you not know it existed? That's probably what it was. He didn't know it existed. There was just a Star Trek Doctor Who comic book crossover as well. There was. Uh, did you have any Star Trek comics to recommend? I've never eh, read any. Not really, no. I, I remember reading one I wouldn't recommend, which is... Uh, it was a prequel comic to the Star Trek reboot, mm-hmm. which took place in regular Star Trek universe. Yeah. It was about uh, Spock going into the his prep before going into the new timeline. Oh, yes. And so you see Kirk at his oldest... Not Kirk. Uh, Picard at his oldest... Wharf data. And it was like really kind of sad to see, like, oh, this is old mm-hmm. Picard. I don't like this. I don't want to see this. Because Patrick Stewart, because he shaves his head, is ageless. 
Yeah, there's that. Yeah. And, well, meanwhile, like, Worf had become a Klingon dignitary or something. Mm-hmm. He had left the Federation. Anyway. I'm a Klingon. I'm Jeez. animated series. Phil Lamar. Also, there's no, there's no getting anything over on Brett. I saw the clip. There's a hilarious video mm. online of how Riker sits down on. It's really on irritating that to send that to him. He's like, "What? Do people just notice that?" Like, yeah, I, know. I think so. I think yeah. they did. I, I didn't watch that. I, I definitely, I haven't seen every episode of that show, but I watched it. A, a lot of afternoons were spent with Next Gen. I never noticed that. And if you were, if you me. were ballsy, like I just, for the sake of trying, gave it a shot. Sitting down like Riker, it's kind of impossible with modern seating, unless you have. Well, the seats on the like chairs the, are so low. They are the like, but try and find a, a, one chair in your house you can sit down like Riker. It's impossible. <laughs> you will fall. It'll look and look hilarious, and get hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. I thought you were going to say sit on your own. That's balls. the that's the laser time or Cape Crisis challenge. Sit down like Riker and film it. You won't really do it. It's okay. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool if you did, but and if I did want to plug, Comicsology uh, has Fatal on sale, like all of Fatal. First, my favorite book. First two I volumes um, are definitely on so sale good. for fifty percent off. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, so actually. Mm. All right. Well, so until next time, everybody. Engage. Engage. Engage.